Welcome in, everybody, to the Weekly Sports Talk Podcast with Josh Pose. I am Nick Palazzola. You can always follow us on Twitter at Nick Palazzola 5 and at Pose underscore Josh. A little bit of a shorter podcast for you guys today. Uh, we will be previewing uh, the Chicago Bears' upcoming season. Uh, we'll preview week one in Detroit. We will discuss uh, how uh, Mitch beat out Foles. Was that the right decision? We'll also get into a little bit of a baseball conversation. Uh, you know, the Cubs uh, really aren't a good team right now. The White Sox keep uh, uh, bouncing in and out of first place. So all that and more coming up next here on the Weekly Sports Talk Podcast. All right, Josh, before we get started, you know, um you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, named the starting quarterback. I believe it was last weekend he was named the uh, starting quarterback. So your initial thoughts to Mitchell Trubisky being well, named the starting like quarterback. Well, everyone else, a little bit surprised because you don't really trade for a quarterback as like Nick Foles is for him to sit the bench. But then I thought about it. I was actually sitting at dinner for my, for my sister's birthday. I'm thinking, well, Trubisky – I don't think he can come off the bench. He has the confidence of a 10-year-old baseball player. If he can't hit the ball once, he'll never be able to hit the ball again. Um, so I'm thinking this is a good dece- decision. He's also, what, 3-0 and against Detroit this year, or not this year, and over his career. Um, I like the decision a lot. Um, it gives him that, like, no messing up, no mess up chance. Um he, he's playing with really nothing to lose except for, really, I think, his career. So that's a big thing. Um, but if he can prove, yeah, it's Detroit, but everyone thinks Detroit is going to somehow magically appear second or third in the division this year, which I don't believe. We'll get to that later. Um, I think if he has a good game against Detroit, that'll boot confidence boost him. So we can see the Bears have a decently easy schedule to start out the year with the Giants and the Falcons and the Colts uh, the first four weeks of the season after going to Detroit. I think these four games, 3-1, and 4-0, and oh, Mitch is the quarterback for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I think it's quite interesting because, you know, back in March, I believe it was, I think it was like right around a week before the uh, the world shut down, it seemed like. You know, the Bears traded a fourth-round compensatory draft pick to the Jags for Nick Foles. Sure, Nick Foles has, you know, he's got the experience in the, in the offense, or the style of offense, rather, that uh, Matt Nagy runs, you know. He's got a familiarity with Laser and DeFlippo. But but I but I totally agree with you that you know, you take a look at it and it's like, I I, I don't think Mitch can come off the bench, right? Yeah, I mean maybe he will later in his career. Right now he seems like a career backup, right? I mean, you know, but but then it's Detroit. So Matt Nagy said you know the week one opponent really didn't play a factor. Uh, in the quarterback decision, if you have to say it, and then I called BS it's definitely. Mitch Trubisky. 
Right. You're right. Yeah. And, and I get that point of uh, point of view. But, you know, you take a look at it. Mitch has had a lot of success um, in his career against Detroit. It's seemingly the only team he's been able to beat. Right. You know, oh, oh, but Nick, 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 Mitch led to the Bears in 2018 to a 12 and four record. Yeah, I'm aware. The offense still wasn't really great. It was because of the defense, right? You know, uh, but oh, no, no, no. It was the kicker, Nick. It was the kicker, they say. Sure, it might have been the kicker. But I, but maybe I'm misremembering. But Josh, quarters one through three against the Eagles in that wild card game, Mitch Trubisky in the offense yeah, was. I was there. Wasn't sadly. there. I'd like to forget that game. I thought it was. I thought the place was going to tear down if uh, the kicker, I'm not going to say his name, um, made the field goal instead of double-doinking it. Um, yeah, and he wasn't very good other than that one touchdown drive, a beautiful pass. I think it was to Allen Robinson. And then that last, like, I think it was like 55 seconds left, driving him down the field. Um, put him in great position, but those three quarters, like you said, it was just, Bad football by the Bears' offense. Yeah, and and the one thing I really disagree with people on is, like, the Bears were a kicker. Like, they were a kick away. I was like, yeah. But they didn't play well in quarters one through three. The defense played great. They only gave up, what, 16 points, 15 points, 16 points. Because of sixteen fifteen victory in favor of the uh, the Nick Foles led, ironically, um, Philadelphia Eagles. But you take a look at it, Mitch really has only had a a few games that you know that really stand out, and they seem you know that Bucks game from Week Four um, against in twenty eighteen, and then literally every game he plays the Lions. Right, so I like I understand why they they named him starting quarterback, right? And I've been on it earlier. I, I've I've talked about it before. Mitch Trubisky starting week one was the best case scenario for the Bears, right? Because you can't have him come in off the bench, right? Oh, but what if Nick Foles? Well, if Nick Foles was the better quarterback, why wasn't he named mm-hmm. the, the starter, right? Like if Nick Foles is the savior for Chicago which George McCaskey thinks it is, because George McCaskey met the medium, media via Zoom the other day. He was pressed about what's it going to take to fix the quarterback position. He said, well, we have two pretty strong candidates, and Mitch is number one and Nick is number two. I don't think he watches football. Nick Foles was terrible last year. He was absolutely brutal. Mitch Trubisky sure as hell wasn't much better. So I, I don't know I don't know what he's watching. Like I like the Bears seem to be in quarterback hell, right? They can never seem to get it right. They've had quarterback battles and this guy and that guy and journeyman and But then when they drafted when Ryan Pace felt the need to trade up one spot to draft one Mitchell David Trubisky. Some people thought our quarterback problems were fixed. But they're not. You know, you take a look at it, and Mitch had a 2017 the John Fox style of offense. Yeah, whatever. But honestly, Josh, if you were a, you're a Bears fan, 
wouldn't you take Mitch Trubisky and the John style or John Fox style of offense than I mean, what we had last year to watch? It was a tale of two seasons. I mean, the first season, Trubisky had the swagger to him. He had the nothing to lose. Um, this is what was it? His first year, full first full year starting, new coach. He's not going to go down. I don't really remember much of the John Fox era. Um, if I'm not going, I just remember the sucking. Um, yeah, it's hey, but we not, run something ball. about running ball. We should have Jordan Howard. He shouldn't be on the Dolphins right now. Yeah, I, that's it's a just, topic for another day. I don't. It's just I just think that the Bears and I'm why I watched the the opening night game with what was it twenty two percent of the fans in the stadium. Um, that was just weird. I'm we're going. I'm going completely off topic, but I'm watching Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson do their thing, and Mahomes just easily throwing a ball fifty yards right into his receiver's hands. Yes, he he wasn't able to can like handle it when on the fall, but it's just those kind of throws and on the run throws that um, Mahomes made it last night. It's just like, come on, why did we not pick him at two? Why did we trade up for not Mahomes or Deshaun Watson? Right, and and I think it goes back to my earlier point of just being frustrated, right? You know, the Bears really haven't had a capable quarterback uh, for our lifetime. Sure, we we had the Rex Grossman. Grossman was all right. Sexy Rexy. All right, whatever. Let him do a Super Bowl. Uh, It's just average. All we need out of the quarterback position is average, right? And then this team could do big things. If the offense was, let's say... 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th ranked offense in the whole league. That's a major improvement. Yeah, over and last I think year. it'll I think happen. I think that, Nagy will go back to what he used in the 2018 campaign with the trick plays. You you saw, I don't know if it was ESPN, they were showing film of the Bears practice and they were already going dual quarterback. Um, I think more, more of that swagger needs to come back for Nagy. Um, just to have the team rally around them and not giving us BS, not giving the media and all the fans BS about how he still trusts Mitch. I'd say Mitch has a bad first half. You got to go Nick Foles in the second half. You don't give him any second chances because you have a quarterback that I'm going to say it is better than him right behind him. And if you have a bad half, and this goes for Nick Foles too, if this guy has a bad half, if Foles or Trubisky has a bad half, you put the other guy in the second half because there's really no margin for error this season. I know it's 16 games and it's a normal season, but you can't be losing games against the Giants or the Colts because Phillip Rivers just isn't – or the Lions or uh, any team that's just beatable because you have a decently hard schedule this year. So you have to have short leashes on both quarterbacks at all times. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. Right. Week one, Nagy said it's going to be Mitch's game for all all four quarters. Right. And, and I completely agree with that. I don't think the leash should be a millimeter short. Right. Like that's too small of a leash. We don't. 
we don't need that, right? You know, because, like, let's say Mitch has an okay, pretty bad, just eh, kind of picked off, picked up where he left off from last season, right, in the first half against Detroit. And then you bench him. You're basically – your ship has sailed on Mitch. If you bench him in the first half of the first week of the first game, like, you, you're just yeah. – that ship has sailed. Right, so why why would you do that, especially in a sixteen game season? Why would you name Mitch the starting quarterback, have him play bad for one half of football, and then have Nick Foles presumably take over for the next fifteen and a half games? That just doesn't make sense. Because if you if you want to pull Mitch week one, you might as yeah, well just name so Nick the starter. Maybe I went a little too far, and I know I went a little too far pulling him in the first half, but. If he has a terrible game against the Lions, is he starting week two against the Giants? If he has a terrible first week against the Lions, three interceptions, no touchdowns, and the Bears lose, is he starting next the next Sunday against the Giants? Yeah, because that's that, – that. No. Do the Bears win the game? No, they lose. Mitch throws. Mm-hmm. So he throws mm-hmm. three picks, right, in your hypothetical. How many dropped interceptions does he Two. throw? Two. So that's five pretty terrible balls. Yeah, I'd start Nick Foles because you can't have that. But the defense is good, and I know we'll get into the defense because I have some Robert Quinn thoughts. But, you know, you take a look at it, and it's like, you know, I, I think at that point, that's honestly like your doomsday worst-case scenario. Honestly, is you have to go to Nick Foles week two. Right, sure, Nick Foles, you know. Uh, he, he's made a career out of coming off the bench. He's won a Super Bowl with it. You know, he's uh, – I think he set the uh, – or he tied the French or the league record for most touchdown passes in a game at six or seven. You know, you, you take a look at it, and it's like, well, uh, neither Nick nor Mitch is really quality yeah. options. So right let's go to the injury point. report for this week's game against the Lions. Um, big names out there for the Bears. Uh, Robert Quinn is out or is doubtful, has not practiced the last three days or I think the last week. Uh, Khalil Mack is questionable with a knee injury, uh, has been limited the past three days. David Montgomery, uh, questionable, but has been full practice uh, after the groin injury the past two days. Cordero Patterson's questionable with a knee injury, but has been full practice. Um, Spriggs, full practice, but is questionable. Now we go to the Lions. Hunter Bryant out. CJ Moore out. Oh, I'm sorry for this. Vitae? He's out with the foot. And then the most important one is Kenny Galladay is out or is doubtful with a hamstring injury. Nick, who are some keys that the Bears need back from their injury list? Well, other than Khalil Mack. All right. Let's, let's, all right. All right. So last year, the Bears marked 28 players as questionable uh, as, as their last in, uh, on their Friday injury report. 21 of them played. So being questionable, that basically means they basically just needed a day, right? 
you know, it's early in the season. But the one thing that's more concerning to me is Robert Quinn. He's doubtful. Let me remind you, Robert Quinn signed a big deal, five years, $70 million, kind of shocked shocked, uh, the Chicagoland area, really, because they cut bait with Leonard Floyd, signed Robert Quinn kind of out of nowhere. Nobody really had a beat on that. Um, But, you know, that would have bode well for Khalil Mack. But Robert Quinn showed up late to camp. He was still ramping up in training camp. And now he's dealing with, I believe it's an ankle. And then Matt Nagy said uh, he's also he also dealt with a personal matter. So I, as a concerned Bears fan, just want to know what the hell is it, going on. It, well, is it? I I just don't know what it. I, it's so Bears that they sign someone big money. Was it five years? And now he's not even gonna play his first game on week one. I just so frustrating. Um, doubtful. I'm almost positive he won't play. I think. Yeah, doubtful. Doubtful means out, barring you know someone gives oh, him sure. a new ankle and he feels fine. Basically, Mont- Montgomery. I think he'll play, but Montgomery might be on a pitch count or a snap count, whatever. Um, Montgomery will probably be on a snap count, I believe. Mack will play. Khalil Mack, you know, he just plays every day. Like, he'll play, you know, he's only out uh, in the 2018 season when he was dealing with an injury. He missed the Bills game and he missed the Patriots game. But, you know, that's the only real time that, um, you know, he um, he's missed time. So I, I really expect him to play. But, you know, as uh, Jeff Dickerson, who covers the Bears for ESPN, he said Bears coach Matt Nagy doesn't divulge much about Quinn's ankle injury other than it's unrelated to Quinn's delayed camp or or delayed camp or ramp up period throughout training camp. And, and, I, and I really would just kind of like to know what's going on um, with Robert Quinn because the Bears kind of had a similar situation with Roquan Smith. An hour and a half before that Vikings game week four, he was downgraded to doubtful after he wasn't even on the injury report, right? And nobody still really knows what happens, but Roquan was never never the same since. He started to get back to that towards the end of last season, but it, but I, it, it does kind of concern me that Robert Quinn really hasn't practiced yeah, much with his new team. I thought the Roquan Smith was, he was like, what was it like? Uh, um, he like got in a car accident the night before, correct? No, that was that's what um, that's what I think Barstool tweeted something like that. But that was there was like a car accident outside of or near Hallis Hall in Lake Forest, but that was Okay, that was so, so that didn't we'll happen. always be hidden from the truth with the Chicago Bears. I mean that's with most NFL teams actually. So let's move on to predictions. First season, then game. Nick, go ahead. Uh season, honestly, I might be drinking some of the Bears Kool-Aid, but I I do believe this could be a eleven and five, ten and six football team, right? I, I, 
I, I do believe that. I might be drinking the Kool-Aid, like I said. But, you know, I, I do believe with this defense and some of the offense, and if Nagy can get in a rhythm play calling, I think they'll be fine. As for a prediction, week one, they go to the Motor City. Uh, give me the Bears 27 and the Vikings, or not the Vikings, duh, I'm an idiot. And the Lions 17. So give me the Bears as a plus 10 winner. I'm going to go Vikings. I don't know. I I don't see a ten and six. I see nine and seven, maybe ten and six, depending on how these first four games go. I think the first four games are pretty easy. I'm gonna look at the the schedule right now. Um, they play the Giants, Falcons, Colts. Those are all winnable games. The Falcons won, so so, and then you have to go. You have to play Thursday night at home against the Buccaneers. I, we said this, what was it, like our second episode, third episode, we talked about if there's going to be fans in the stands, and we went over each game, and I said the losses would be at home with no fans. I'm going to stick to that. I think 9-7 and seven is my thing. Um, they're going to start out week one strong. I think it's going to be a 28-10 victory over the Detroit Lions in the Motor City. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't believe the Vikings, or not the. Why do I keep saying the Vikings? I don't believe the Lions hype until it really happens, right? Uh, like sure they improved a little bit through the draft. They got, got a new running back. They got AP, right? You know, but Kenny Galladay being out that that really hurts them because now you'll basically just have to put Fuller on uh, Marvin Jones Jr., and then screen will probably be on Amendola. But, you know, you take a look at this. This should be an it easy has to win be in for the Bears. The past couple years, and I think it's been the Thanksgiving game, Those even in 2018, those games were closer than they should have been. Um, yes, the Bears weren't good last year. Um, but that 2018 year, I remember watching it as Thanksgiving morning. That was a concerning thing, I think, without fans. Detroit's fans, yes, they're the worst team, but they still bring that indoor atmosphere, which makes it really loud in there. Um, No fans, I think the Bears can just blow them out this year. Yeah, and I mean, the Matt Nagy, I believe, is 4-0 against the Vikings and the Lions um, in his career as a Bears head coach, so I think that only uh, bodes well. For Matt Nagy. But can we Please. talk about extending Allen Robinson? What the hell's taking so long? Literally everybody else is getting a deal. And in the comments section of Ian Rap Report or Adam Schefter, right? Or Tom Pelissero, Mike Garafolo. Everyone in, in the comments is like, all right, where's A Rob? Where's A Rob? Where's A Rob? So where exactly? I don't know, but I'm excited Sunday. Uh, on the first review or challenge, I get to hear, I think it's uh, oh, Kenny Albert say, let's go to our rules expert, Dean Blandino. I've missed him so much. I love listening to Dean Blandino on the five-minute challenge reviews. Um, yesterday was fun watching football. Weird that there was fans in the stands. It looked like the Washington football team was playing at home. Um, but bring on some football. I can't wait. I didn't really think if you told me in April that 
the NFL would be playing, I'd laugh right at your face because I just didn't think it was possible. But here we are yesterday. It was a sports equinox. I think it was 10 different pro sports in the United States were playing. And I'm, it couldn't be. It, it, I think it's the best time to be a sports fan right now. Yeah, and I mean, there's no such thing Especially as Especially after we sports, waited so long. Right? You know, like, right, we went three and a half, four months without actual games. Now that we have actual games, I find myself keep flipping between NBA playoffs to the Cubs game. Last night, back to the uh, Thursday night football game in the opener with the son of a Mitch Bull. Um, you know, you take a look at this is a great time to be a sports fan. Like you said, you know, lots of things happening, things moving very fast, but still a lot of unknowns in terms of the football season. And you talk about NBA, who do you have tonight with the Raptors and the Celtics playing game seven? Raptors and the, that's been a fun series to watch, right? You know, tied at three. Raptors, Celtics, Game Seven, honestly, in in sports, it might be the best word oh, for in sure. sports, right? Can we both agree on that? Just Game Seven, ride or die. You know, you just put it all out there. Um, you know, give me the Celtics. I I think the Celtics, honestly. You know, I I understand that the um. The Raptors are reigning. It, it almost feels kind of weird to call the Raptors reigning champions because it feels like so long ago, right? It feels like th- almost three years ago because of the whole thing. But but I do like the Celtics with Tatum, right? I, I, I do think that'll give them an edge. With give Brad me the Stevens Raptors the tonight. Um, I really liked watching, I think it was double overtime game six. Um, I'm a little biased with, former Indiana guard forward OG Ananobi. He's hit two huge shots, uh, game-winning shots, one a buzzer beater, one with like 50 seconds left. Um, I think the clutch gene is with the Raptors. Um, I think even without Kawhi, they're still one of them. I think they're my favorite to win the championship if they pass, pass the test tonight. Um yeah, I think it's Raptors, and they go on to play the Heat. I think the Raptors will win that series in six. Yeah, Josh, so let's move on let's to a little it. bit of baseball conversation. Let's start with the White Sox, because the White Sox keep teetering in and out of first place. Sometimes they're in first place. Sometimes they're not. I, as we are currently recording this, they are a game up on the Minnesota Twins at 27 and 16. But I do want to talk about their lineup. Their lineup is deadly, right? You know, Abreu honestly could be a finalist. Uh, he probably will be a finalist uh, for this year's AL MVP. Um, I know Cubs fans, well, 60-game season doesn't count, right? Yeah, what? whatever. He's just – he absolutely just destroys the baseball but just the amount of quality at bats that team can play yeah, is it's just scary. It's scary that they've hit 71 home runs, and the team that's a game and a half behind in the Cleveland Indians has hit 31 less. They've only hit 40 this year. I think 
and I was listening to Chuck Garfine on his White Sox Talk podcast. Um, he said that Edwin Encarnacion could hit 178, but if he hits home runs, a three-run home run every third or fourth game to help the team to a victory, I think it's fine. I think so what? Like, if he can drive in three home three runs with one swing, that's fine. And think about it. You have Encarnacion hitting under 200. You have um, Nomar Mazzara, who hit one home run and we against Reynaldo Lopez, and he's all of a sudden a White Sox, White Sox player. Um, he hasn't hit anything, and he's been in the lineup almost two, two of every three games because you put Adam Engel in there every once in a while. Um, he hasn't hit a home run, and you still are the uh, most runs scored in the league. I think it's most home runs in the AL. Sec tied for second in batting average. I think this team, if they did something at the trade deadline for a th- fourth pitcher, I think this team is contending for a World Series, but they didn't get that fourth starting pitcher. And I just don't think it'll happen this year. But I think Trevor Bauer will be in a White Sox uniform next season. That's my hot take right now. Yeah, whatever. Bauer will be a Cub because the Cubs have money after all the money coming off the books. But Ricketts will cry poor and it won't happen, so it's just a pipe dream. Let's move to the north side of town. As you, as Chuck Garfine said, Edwin Encarnacion can hit a home run like every three days and still help the team. Cubs really don't have any offense, right? You know, oh, but Nick, their run differential is good. It's only a plus 16, right? They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They beat the Reds last night. But this offense, they started 13-3, and three and, you know, now they're 13-16 and 16 since, right? You know, right now this Cubs team is not playing well. The offense has been an issue for the last couple of seasons. Everyone thought it was Madden. They, they cut bait with Madden. And now it's David Ross. The offense looked good for the first 16 games. Yeah, and now he's, you know, the offense is back to its old self and striking out. Javi's not having a good year. Uh, uh, Josh, I want to get your take on it. Javi Baez, had a, uh, when he was meeting with the media after a game, he said, frankly, it sucks not being able to watch the video in-game and make those in-game adjustments. Do you think that's having a bigger impact on players? Than- I mean – people think. you haven't really i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bash bias because that's probably his bread and butter looking at that after every at bat but you haven't really seen a huge drop off among in like an average of players um i think his game and, and this is my opinion he's that flashy type of guy that plays to the to the crowd he's used to whatever wrigley holds every night and he's used to everyone ooing and eyeing and the, the sound of the crowd. That that pumped in crowd won't help him because he doesn't see people. He he's 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 he thrives on the crowd. He loves hitting those big home runs, the crowd going crazy. He's just he's not fit for a as some people would call it an average White Sox crowd. 
Right, and, and yeah, and, and I completely um, agree with that, you know. Javi's a f- flashy player, right? Right now, offensively, he's just not having it. He definitely does feed off the crowd. I think that is play, playing a part of it. And, but I think he, Javi's just kind of stuck in this mental block that he, that us as hitters go through at one point in our careers or another. That There's just these seasons or, you know, months where we just can't hit. And you do everything you can until you just, like, you could hit a 30-foot single, and maybe that causes you to get out of your slump. Maybe it's a walk-off home run. It's different for everybody. But in order for the Cubs to have a chance this year, they need Javi to get hot and stop um, being a liability on offense. Because right now, that's just that's just what he is. He's going 0 for 3 with two punch-outs seemingly every night. And, you know, the Cubs are the worst team with the bases loaded. I think they have the worst batting average in the whole MLB when the bases are loaded. And it basically always seems to end in a strikeout. You know, they they don't seem to be grinding through at-bats. They don't really seem to – their starting pitching is really outside of Darvish has really been pretty bad. You know, the bullpen is starting to find itself a little bit. You know, the bullpen's been all right, but, you know, the starting rotation yeah, really has so been all that great. Looking at the Cubs' next schedule, I have it pulled up right now. You got the Brewers in Miller Park this weekend. And then Sox fans may – I'm going to change side, not change sides. I'm going to become a Cubs and White Sox fan. Um, I know that's not allowed, but they we have five to. games against we the Indians and Twins. White Sox fans, if you're listening to me, you have to be rooting for the Cubs no matter. If you want the Sox to win the AL Central, you have to be rooting for the Cubs between September 15th and September 20th. Then you can go back to hating him, hating them, not him. I don't know if um, – but you have – that. that's where I'm going to be a huge Cubs fan right there. Those five games, the Cubs can go 4-1, and 5-0. and oh, They'll help the White Sox out. Which probably, which how it goes, the Cubs will probably lose four, and we'll all be really sad, to, collectively as uh, Chicago. Um, I, who do you have to win the AL Central, Nick? Uh, the AL Central, honestly, I, I think the White Sox will win it just because of their offense, right? Honestly, I, I think I think their pitching, they'll their pitching will do enough to survive. Like in a, what do we have three? Yes. What's it? Three weeks left, give or take, maybe two. Uh, you know, you take a look at it, and it's like, well, the White Sox have the offense that seems to just keep on hitting, and I think they can slug their way into um, an AL Central I'm title. Sadly, say I'm going to go with the Indians. Um, the Sox, Sox have to play Hater. eight games, four at home, four on the road, um, against. Uh, not Detroit because that's, that's I'm not going to say about Detroit anything because they play them this weekend against the Indians and the Twins. The Sox have not been playing well. I think they're what three and six, I believe, against the Indians and Twins this year, or something like that. I I'm nervous for these next eight games or with whatever it's going to be. The Indians have a really easy. Last couple of weeks, I think they played like the Pirates, 
it's it's a after the Cubs series, I think their toughest game. Let me pull it up here. After the White Sox and Cubs, they play the Tigers for four and the Pirates for three. I mean, the Sox have already played all those guys, those, those weaklings, and we're talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Well, you can play them. They're, they're not very good, but if you have Bauer, Castillo, and Sonny Gray going against you in those three games, then that becomes a harder series than it really should be going in between the uh, Indian series or no going between, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know the schedule off the top of my head right now, but I say Indians probably by a game. It's going to be coming down to that last game, which begs the question, if it goes to that last game or last series against the Cubs, do you risk not playing or, or pitching Keuchel and Giolito in that last series for the division, but then you don't have them for that three-game series in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that that's stupid. You pitch your best against the best, right? Well, what are you going to do? Run out there for Ronaldo Lopez, Dylan Cease, and Gio Gonzalez in that last three-game series against the Cubs? No, you're not going to do that. You pitch, you play your best, as my boy Dom Frederick on Twitter, director of morale for the Chicago Cubs Twitter. Play your best damn nine all day, every day. And Ronaldo Lopez is not considered in those nine, all right? So you don't, like, I understand that, you know, like, well, I think it all depends on where the Cubs are at in terms of the going into the last series. Right, but but you can't – I don't think Giolito or Keiko would want to be benched uh, in a series like that, even though knowing it's a three-game playoff. But, you know, you take a look at it. Would you, would you want to be benched uh, just to save How many for games? the playoffs? Like you, like you said, the Indians. Twins are going to win it by a game. So if, if that's the case, why, why – you know, that game could but come down to is that it last series. the difference between – the one and the four seed or is the difference between the three and the six seed because who cares you you play the you play the game to win you don't play the game for the playoffs you play the game to win and if you're not let's say let's say you move you don't pitch Keuchel and Giolito right and the White Sox drop that three game series they get swept by the Cubs the last three games now they have a negative vibe because they just got swept by the Cubs going into the playoffs. That's not yeah. something you want. But hopefully, I'm going to say this, hopefully there's a two-game lead going into that last series because just hope that the Twins and Indians get beat up by the Cubs next week. You have a two-game lead. You win. You have who is Dunning, then Giolito, then Keuchel, those last three games. You win the first game. Do you go Giolito Keuchel even though you have the division on lockdown? Yeah, I think it's always a possibility, but you can always count on Ricky Renfrey hey, to screw it up. Rick Hahn somehow. just said today that he is full go on uh, Rick Renteria as the manager of this team. Whether we like it or we don't. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Let, let me know the when you win. The division next couple weeks. 
All right, Josh, and as we wrap up here, one thing I do want to say. We are filming this, or recording this, rather, on September 11th. 19 years ago today, uh, the the world was shaken by two planes uh, getting plowed into the World Trade Center. I want to say thank you to all of those first responders and port port authority police officers and the and the navy seal group that took out bin laden i want to say thank you for all of your sacrifice on a day that will never be forgotten in american history well said nick all right josh you got anything else before we get i got nothing other than we will never forget that day i wasn't alive i don't think you were alive but just the stories that were told and think about it last night, 19 years ago, people were going to bed for the last time, not even knowing what was happening the next day. Right. Thank you for listening to the shorter podcast here on the weekly sports talk podcast. Thank you to Josh Pose. I am Nick Palazzolo. Thank you for listening to the week's weekly sports talk podcast and have a great football.